positive thoughts, people. Think about how many people exist right now in your town. And they are searching. There's a lot of them searching for a contractor just like you. People are desperate to find a reliable, trustworthy, honorable contractor like yourself. See, there's more projects being remodeled and more homes being built now than ever before. We're in a booming economy. There's not enough contractors to go around, especially good ones. And people are spending more money than ever before. People are happy to pay you what you need to run a business profitably. People are happy to do it because they are buying something that they want. They are buying a luxury item. And, you know, don't believe the naysayers. Don't believe the hype. People who say things like, you can't sell tile for that amount in my area. You can't sell at that square foot price. It just won't happen. Don't believe the negative mindset, friends. Hello, Tile friends, and welcome back to another episode of Tile Money. This is the podcast where we discuss the business of being a tile contractor. My name is Luke Miller, and I'm a tile contractor myself. I am on a mission. My mission is to help you grow and run and, and operate sustainable, profitable businesses. I started this podcast because I saw out there a, a need for this discussion. I saw so many of my friends struggling in their businesses and I wanted to help them. I feel like I've already been blessed to be able to help a lot of you and, and to help you grow your business and, and make some small changes that are helping. So I feel though I, I've got a ways to go and we're just getting started. And, and I wanna thank you for letting me know this is helping so that I can continue to do it. And I wanna thank you for taking part in the conversations we're having inside our Facebook group, for sharing your stories, your success stories, you're sharing what's working, what's not working. You're encouraging one another. Together, we are stronger. Together, we are building up the tile installation industry from the ground up where it really matters. We are strong. We are tile. We are the industry. And thanks to your enthusiasm and your support, I've gained the attraction of some great partners, some great sponsors who share my values. And they are partnering with me on this mission. They are saying, we see what you're doing and we like it. And so thank you. And today's episode is sponsored by Crossville. You know, I want to talk a minute about Crossville. Crossville is, um, you know, they haven't, they're growing rapidly. Why are they growing so rapidly? Because of the, the kind of tile they're putting out there, the kind of tile they're manufacturing, most of it right here in the United States. They're America's leading manufacturer of tile and gauge tile, the large panels that we're seeing. I encourage you to get out there and familiar, familiarize yourself with their products and their website. They've got some great tools on their website for contractors, including some, some really slick design software you could send your clients to and say, hey, do you need help customizing and designing your shower? Use this software. It's already there. It's already set up. Um, they've got a contractor map. If you're not on it, I would encourage you to find out how to get on it. Call somebody at Crossville. See if you can get listed as a contractor of choice. So in today's episode, we have part three of three with Michael Stone. And, and remember now, he wrote that book, Markup and Profit for Contractors. He's been doing this a long time. 
So he's helped a lot of contractors. He knows what he's talking about. And you've told me you've enjoyed the first two episodes, and I know you're going to enjoy today's episode. Let's jump in here into a clip where Michael is breaking out, breaking down uh, markup versus margin and how to calculate markup in your business. Markup is a number that you can use to multiply your job cost to arrive at a sales price that covers all of your job cost, your overhead, and your profit numbers. That's what markup is. That's a simple explanation. Margin or gross margin is a term you apply to the percentage that your total sales, that I'm sorry, gross margin is the percentage that your overhead and profit is of the sales price of your job. Mm-hmm. Gross margin is always factored or always figured on the sales price. Markup is always figured on job cost. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Real clear. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. Appreciate that. So how does one go, go about, you know, calculating their specific markup? Okay. <clears throat> that takes some work. But basically, calculating your markup, you take your total sales, divide it by your job costs, which is the cost it takes to get a job built. Not your overhead, not your profit, your job cost. Sales divided by job cost equals what your markup should be. Now, when you get that number, you have to make sure that you look at your profit and loss statement, last page, bottom line, right-hand number. Okay, that has to be 8% plus. If it is, then your markup is right. If it isn't and you're you're running at 4 or 5%, then you need to raise your markup and get it up there where the, all of a sudden your profitability gets up at the 8% plus range. Okay, now that is – um, here. <clears throat> that is completely outlined in that book, Markup yeah. and Profit of Contractors, guys. It's all in there. And we take you step-by-step. Chapter three takes you just boom, 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 right down the yep. line. And when you're done with chapter three, you should be able to calculate the markup for any company. I don't yep. care what it is. Okay? Yep. But see, too many contractors guess. Too many contractors are worried. Here's another one. They, they go down to the coffee shop, and they're talking to Joe Bob, and he says, no, no, you don't use markup. You just, just divide by 0.8 or 0.76 or 0.73. Okay, well, what Joe Bob's trying to do then is convert markup to gross margin and use that to arrive at a sales price, and that doesn't work. Okay. You don't want you don't – on a scale of 1 to 10, <clears throat> with the easiest way to calculate your sales price being markup – our job, you know, job cost times markup equals sale price. That's the only one that's a one. Using gross margin is somewhere between five and six as far as difficulty goes, 10 being the most difficult way to calculate the sales price for your work. Okay, markup's the only one that's a one. Gross margin is somewhere between five and six, and all the rest of them are either before or after that, whatever it happens to be. So, you know, these guys will say, well, I divide by this. Don't do that because there's just too much of a chance of an error factor being introduced in there. And you really don't know what your division number should be unless you know how to calculate that. Okay. So here's an example of the con- uh, uh, um, uh, the contractors watching this. All right. If you think you know how to use gross margin, tell me what a complement is. Hmm. Okay? That's as part of the formula. Either you know it or you don't. There's no BS in that. If if you don't know what a complement is, you should not be using gross margins, okay? It's actually what it is, and I, and I will tell you what, what a complement is. It is the number you get when you subtract your gross when your gross profit percentages from one, 
That number you get is a complement, and you take that and divide the job cost, and you'll come up with the exact same number you'll come up with as if you use markup. Okay. A markup and gross margin should get you exactly the same number. Okay. So, so those are the, the things that, when, yeah, when guys start thinking, well, I know a lot about this business, um, you know, I, I can ask you questions all day long, and we'll find out real quick how much you know. I believe it. But remember, <laughs> I, I've made a... I've made a living learning this stuff and using it and helping others do it. So yeah, for what it's worth. All right. So hopefully that clip helped you understand how to calculate your markup. What you want to do simply is take your total sales of one job, do this with one job and do it as a, as a learning experience, uh, divide that sale by how much that job cost you to do it. How much did you pay to get the job done? And if you're working solo, just think about how much you would have had to pay someone else who is as skilled as you to get that job done, plus your materials, and then divide that number and, and see what your markup was. You might be surprised. Uh, it'll no doubt be a good learning experience. I want to talk to you about Tile hacks. Do you feel like hacks are driving down this industry? Certainly, they're not doing the industry any favors. Well, how about ignoring them and just standing out as the complete opposite of them? How about focusing on being the professional? Your clients are not the hacks customers. You see, I use those two different, two different words. I wanted to talk about this. It's, it's funny. There's a difference between a client and a customer. And I used to have this conversation with a good friend of mine, a tile contractor in Southern California. We both agreed at the time that customer was, sounded better. But, but since then, I've changed my mind having discussions with you and, and in the Facebook group. And the definition of a customer, and this is really why I've changed my mind, the definition of a customer is a person who buys goods or services from a store or a business. Okay, I think we all can agree. But notice the slight difference of a client, the definition of a client is a person using the services of a professional or person or company. So they're using the services. Clients use the services, meaning they're continuing to buy over the months and years. Customers typically buy once, and that's the slight difference. So when it's, it's, a, it's a small mindset change, but once you start thinking differently, now you understand what type of person are you wanting to sell to? The reason I bring this up is uh, Michael tells a great story here, and it's all about it's all about this mindset shift. Listen to this story, and Michael shares his experience he had when he recently hired a countertop installation company. Dem and I just remodeled our kitchen in there, and it wasn't a big remodel; it was just changing out the countertops and the sinks and some other and the appliances and that kind of stuff. And then we called up the guy that, that we worked for a year trying to find a company that would do the, the countertops we wanted. Yeah. And a friend of mine suggested a little little bitty company down here in town. And so we went down to see them. And the young man paid attention to us, asked us the right questions. We said, come on out and take a look. And he came out and measured. And we bought from him. We never once asked him what the price was until he got it all done. And he says, here's, here's, my, here's my figures. And we said, do it. Okay. We knew we were going to spend somewhere uh, for our quartz countertops. We were going to be somewhere between five and eight thousand bucks. We knew that going in. Yeah. And so he came up with this figure. I wasn't worrying about it. I wasn't arguing with him about it. I didn't try to, you know, put the screws to him, tell him I needed a better price. I just said, do it. Yeah. And they showed up. They did it on time. They got it done before Christmas, just like they promised we would. Yeah. And I'll recommend them guys from now to my dying day. That's they were that good. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the best part of it was the young guy that was installing the countertops when we got all done. Now, remember, I'm 77. And I used to be a licensed plumber way back. I mean, this is 50 years ago I was doing plumbing. And so we put the new sink in there and we had a faucet and a water and a hot water heater to sell on the back of the, <clears throat> of the new countertop. And I was standing there mumbling about having to crawl into the sink and do it. And the young guy, when it's all done, he says, just a second here. And he picked up the faucet and, and he set it on top and his buddy held it. And he crawled underneath it and had that thing hooked up in about three minutes. Yeah. I mean... You know, I handed him 20 bucks for lunch. I said, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine crawling under, you know how hard it is to crawl oh, under yeah. a sink and reach yeah. up there. You're up there like just trying to get your stupid. Yeah. He went the extra mile. He went the extra mile for you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'd recommend them guys to anybody. Yeah. Cause they That's took great. care of me. Okay. And they didn't, I didn't have to beg them. I didn't ask them. I didn't have to bribe them with extra money. They just yeah. did it. They, they understood customer service. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and if you run your business like that, tile guys can do the same thing. There's nothing says they can't. If they go out and provide a good service, return their phone calls, show up on time, keep the jobs. There's another one. Keep the jobs clean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I were selling, yeah. hmm? it all starts there. That customer service. I love it. Yeah. That yeah. does. Yeah. Let the customers know you care about them and they start trusting you. Yeah. And of course, then when you do that, you got to make sure everybody in your company is on board with that so that you don't have some guy walk in and turn a radio loud, real loud, or yeah. coming in, you know, and chewing tobacco and spitting on the floor. I've seen him do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that, that destroys the trust in the company real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but if you treat your customers right, they'll treat you right. Okay. Yeah. So that company went the extra mile, they gave Michael something more than just the installation. By going the extra mile, you will leave a trail of happy clients, not just one-time customers who forget who you are. Just like Michael said, he will be recommending that countertop company to everyone he knows because they went the extra mile. Now, I'm not gonna get into you know giving a lot of work away for free. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not gonna get into if you should do plumbing or, or any of that stuff. Each state is different. Each person is different. What I'm saying is when you price your work right, meaning when you price your work for a healthy profit percentage, think about it. If you're charging 500 a day and, and you're running from job to job, what if you could charge, what if you started charging a thousand dollars a day for yourself? What if you charge a thousand dollars a day? Do you think that you would be more willing, more happy working on the job and more willing to spend 15 to 30 extra minutes, even per day, tidying up the job? Even if it's just as simple as bringing along, you know, some, some Windex and paper towels and leave that job site cleaner than when you got there that morning. See what I'm saying? A healthy profit percentage and you go the extra mile, you leave a happy client. Pull out that Windex, clean those windows before you leave. It's the last thing you do. You, nobody wants to see thin set on their doorknob handle and on their glass window. Get your fingerprints off their door. So I hope you understand where I'm coming from here. I hope you enjoyed um, that story that Michael shared. I, I hope you're enjoying this interview and, and have taken away some value. I want you to apply it to your company today. 
Apply this to your company as soon as possible. It's just the small things like this that make you stand out and make you the professional that people want to hire. Michael goes on to wrap up this whole interview really nice here in, in the next five minutes. He's delivering some more great values, so check it out. This is a great business. It really is. And, and if, you, if you run your business like a business and not like a hobby, yeah. uh, there's no way you can fail. Yeah. It's especially in today's marketplace. You, 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 you can make money in spite of yourself, but you've yeah. got to run it like a business. And, and this is, I think, what too many guys, they, they, they're, they're hobbyists. You know, they, they don't really focus on what it takes to, to gain the customer's trust. And, yeah. you know, it's one of the points I want to make on this, on this cutting your prices stuff, you know, if you ever notice when you start cutting your prices on a job, that all of a sudden problems start coming up and it really makes it tough to work for the people and get the job done. Right. But when you go in and you charge a fair price for your work, you know your number's right, you're going to make a fair profit, you go in and do the job, you notice how those jobs just flow smooth as silk. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Well, yeah. Quit, quit busting and worrying about price and start focusing on providing a good quality value and service and you'll do just fine in this business. A lot of that has to do with, you know, the way you perceive the job. I mean, if, if you marked it to be profitable, you're going, you're going in happy. You're going in with a big smile every single day. You know, you're happy to be there. You're happy to do the work. You, if you underpriced it, you know, you're going in negative from the beginning. And all of a sudden, like you said, little things are going to start happening and you're more and more negative as every day that goes on. And you're going to, you know, you're going to hate that job. You're going to think that was the worst customer, but it all started because you underbid it. Yeah. Yeah. You should be able to, the, the other thing we need to talk real quick there, when you say worst customers, there are some customers you need to spot and walk away from right up front. Sure. Okay. The, the good profitable contractors know when to say no, when to walk away from a, a potential customer. Yeah. Um, and you've got to get tuned into that. Um, and, and if you do that, you're going to save yourself a lot of time and grief. Don't be afraid to say no. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah. Okay. Don't take a job. If you're in a position where you have to take a job, that tells you there's a hell of a lot more wrong than that customer you're looking sitting across from. You got some stuff going on in your office. You better get cleaned up because you won't be around long if you don't. Yeah. So that that's one of the, the the checks you use to find out, make sure you're doing okay, so you you don't have to um, uh, you don't have to take a job. Yeah. Can I share one more item here? Oh, please do. Yeah. Okay. One of the ways you make sure that you never have to take a job is you set up an operating capital reserve account, which is it's discussed in the markup and profit book. That's the forced savings account where you take one, two, three, four percent of every check in the door right off the top and you deposit it uh, somewhere other than your normal business bank. You go to a credit union or someplace like that. You set this account up. You want to build it up for like for tile contractors. You want to have, I don't know, five, six, seven months worth of overhead stacked, stashed aside there. Yeah. Okay. Now, what that means is if you have um, somebody's supposed to pay you on Thursday so you can make payroll on Friday, they don't pay you, you can take the money out of the account and make your payroll. Yeah. Okay. You, the worst thing that a contractor can do is get a line of credit. And a lot of guys say, what? That's how I pay my bills. No. If you've got a line of credit, you're, you're taking you have got a monkey on your back like you won't believe because that monkey's going to be there every day nagging at you and distracting you uh, until the day you get it paid off. An operating capital reserve account gives you the ability to reach in, grab the money you need, pay your bill. And if you don't want to pay it back, you don't have to. 
Yeah. It's good if you do because you keep that you keep that buffer between you and oblivion. That's one of the things like is here keep keeps the wolf away from the door. That's an yeah. old time thing goes way back. But if you if you if you don't hear anything else in this class, if you'll set up an operating capital reserve account, you will be amazed at how much smoother and simpler your business runs. Because yeah. you're not obligated to anybody else. You're not you don't have loans out there. You don't have um, Here's another one. You should never have uh, car payments or vehicle payments. Operating capital reserve account set up when it comes time for a vehicle. You'll be amazed. You can get a vehicle for a, about a third less money if you walk in and just write them a check for it as opposed to getting it financed or something like that. Sure. Something most contractors don't even think about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so get the markup and profit book and read it and figure out how to set up an operating capital reserve account and watch the money roll in. Very good. That's a, that's a great yeah. tip. I'm glad I, I'm glad you shared that one. Thank you. Um, you betcha. You betcha. Yeah. We want you to be able to take care of your families. Devin and I have built our business helping contractors take care of their families. And, and, and if we do a good job of that and you take care of your family, we know your business is going to do just fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, friends. So don't get caught in a position to where you have to take a job because you simply don't have money. See, charge a profit, set up an operating capital reserve savings account. Now, this is what it's all about. People ask me, well, what is profit? Profit is money in the bank, simply put. Profit is money in the bank. Michael advised against lines of credit. Well, I want to balance that statement. I want to counterbalance that and saying it would be very good and important and wise to have a good credit score and to be approved for a line of credit in case if you find yourself needing it one day, but only with a plan. Don't go out there and think it's free money and not have a plan for money. That's the worst thing you can do with a loan or a credit card. You have to have a plan for that money and know when you're going to exit out, have a strategic plan. So you can find out more about Michael and his company by visiting his website, markupandprofit.com. He's written several great books, and they're all designed for contractors. Uh, he's got videos, several free videos on there, lots of other useful information on his website. So I encourage you to go to markupandprofit.com and check out what he's up to. So right now we've got some industry news uh, and this industry news is sponsored by the NTCA. I want you to think about, are you struggling with finding employees? You know, think about this. The members of the NTCA have expressed their concern with employees as, as well as uh, a 401k plan. So the NTCA has set up a 401k plan as well as uh, working on other health benefits like dental and things like that, vision, health insurance. But I want you to think about the difference between if you had a 401k plan for yourself, I mean, that would be great. But what if you offered it to employees? Don't you see how this program would be great to attract top of the line talent in your area. If you're the only tile contractor in your area offering a 401k to employees, don't you think you're gonna attract more serious-minded uh, people who are looking for a career? They're looking for a career rather than like a weak job to help them you know, go on a month vacation or whatever. So I, I encourage you to check out what the NTCA has. They seriously have a lot of benefits for tile contractors. They've been at it since 1947. Go to their website. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, call Jim Oslin. Talk to them about what they can do for your company. Um, NTCA, like I said, they're working on the health plan, the vision, the dental. Uh, and, and some of that might be actually up as I speak here. 
but I want you to check it out and, and think about it. Think about how this could take your business to the next level. Some of these things that the NTCA offer. All right, now we've got another tile money tip and this tile money tip is sponsored by Ladecree International. This is another clip with Ron Nash speaking. He was teaching this class, this business incubator that we had last September. Inside of this clip, Ron is talking about a concept he calls printed price literature. Now, technically, you know, he's talking about this uh, on an iPad, so I don't know if we need to change that name or not, but check out the story he tells about himself hiring a contractor. I hired a company to do my latest uh, kitchen remodel. It was a couple years ago, several years ago. Now. Um, I did $100,000 worth of work to my house. That means you're literally ripping like structural, I mean, I have a lot of crap that I did to this house. There were so many decisions that had to be made that I didn't want to go through the struggle of literally pricing out every single thing. So the contractor that I actually hired had a very slick, I mean, like super slick presentation on an iPad that showed work that they had done and that work that they had done had contract price at the, it was like small font, it's like down in the bottom, this contract price was X, all right? Do you realize how hard that anchored me on those prices? By the time I was done with that presentation, I knew I was spending six figures. I was, this is gonna be huge. Were they in product pictures? So, so the presentation was literally on an iPad that he, he just said, let me show you some of our other work. Power of legitimacy, we'll talk about this later. Power of legitimacy, showed talent, cleanliness to the job site. He had three different pictures. Pre, of course, Oh look, this house looked like crap. In progress, this is mid-project pictures, and then final. The mid-project pictures, I could tell, were specifically geared towards making sure that I knew he kept the job site clean, which is a pain point in construction. All right, it is. And I was enjoying, by the way, no one likes to be sold more than a salesman, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> And I was digging this guy, and by the way, I have, uh, at this point I had three contractors, general contractors who were bidding this job with my partner, my old partner, who's the architect who designed it. So that presentation had me sold before the fourth slide, because he said things like this, totally do this all the time. You're gonna have some structural, let me go to my, let me go to my file here, check this out. This is this job. We had to do, this has got this kind of column and has steel beam, that steel beam is probably as long as the one we're gonna have to order here. Oh look, I actually had a picture of it going in. I felt so educated by the time that that person left, all they needed to do was write the paperwork up. I was sold. I didn't even know how much the thing would cost and I was already sold. Was he the high bidder? Uh, he was the high bidder, yeah, significantly, 15% higher actually. But the other people, if we're gonna talk about just comparison, okay, the guy showed up, logoed shirt, totally clean, professional presentation. 
I mean, like, he was ready. He was ready to close the deal. He, he, you could tell that they had had a meeting about our job and he was ready to do a presentation. And it was over my kitchen counter, but it was a presentation. It was no different than a presentation I would do for an architect, Gensler, HOK, whatever. It was no different. We felt like he actually gave a crap that he won this project and he was professional enough to show up, first of all, totally on time. Absolutely, I, I'm a, you know, my private life I, is sacred because I'm, I'm, I travel a lot. So when I'm home, don't show up late. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I release the demons. It's a bad thing. I'm seeing a shrink about it. But the point is the guy, the guy was on time, prepared, ready to go. All right. So I love this. Ron was shopping for a large renovation. He was shopping for a contractor that could handle this. About $100,000 worth of a renovation in his house. So one of the contractors showed up with an iPad full of information and pictures. On the pictures, this contractor had imprinted the price onto some of these pictures. See how powerful this technique could be for you? I think this would work great for a tile contractor. You know, you could have a basic shower all the way up to the most luxury steam room. And, and you could price things. You could even, you know, have certain like niches priced out. Different size niches could have a different price. Um, shelves could have one price, you know, so that you are letting the customer choose. All of a sudden you're giving them options. Now they're not trying to figure out what tile contractor that they're going to hire. They're trying to figure out what shower they want from you. That's the difference. The potential client, they're going to see something and fall in love with it. And they already see the price. So they're prepared when you tell them. I mean, you don't even have to tell them the price. They just look at it and they say, well, I want to buy this. After the end of the presentation, you know, Ron said he was, he was sold and he knew he was going to spend a lot of money. So Ron gives a lot of value. He, he gave other value inside that, but I just love that story. If you listen to it a couple times, you're going to get more and more, you know, nuggets of wisdom out of that story. And did you notice how Ron said he spent 15% more to go with this contractor? The contractor was more expensive and, and that's about 15 grand on a bill that high. But Ron hired him because of his professional sales pitch. So think about it, friends. How can you imitate this? How can you apply this in your business? All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I truly do. I hope I've given you some things to think about, some helpful advice that you can apply in your business right away. I, I really want to give you a, a nugget or two of wisdom here, of advice, and I want you to go out and apply it right away. I'm not trying to flood you with information inside each episode. In next week's episode, we're going to hear from Alan Langer. Alan Langer is an author. He wrote the book called The Seven Secrets to Selling More by Selling Less. And again, just like Ron was talking about, we are salespeople, you know, so we want to pay attention to how we're selling. You know, are you trying to be pushy or do you sell less and actually end up selling more? So interesting concept there. I know you're going to enjoy that. Please visit my website, tilemoney.com. Get signed up for the online business training course that I have. And as always, friends, I'll talk to you next week. Stay profitable, Tile friends. 